I'm beginning a new series today called Be Bold. It's going to be based in 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter. So why don't you grab your Bible or your iPad or whatever you've got the Word of God downloaded on. We're going to go there in just a moment. As you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm grateful that you're with us today. I'm thankful for every blessing and benefit that's happening across Love and Truth churches, and I believe today that God has a word for us corporately. Now, I'm going to be talking, here's, here's the subject we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about being bold, and, and it's, it's interesting how often as believers that we're pretty wimpy. How about that start? I mean, I, here, here's what I find, is that we have been told how bad we are for so long that we are afraid to be bold about anything. We, we have been told you didn't pray enough, you didn't fast enough, you didn't read the Bible enough, you didn't go to church enough, uh, you didn't give enough, you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, right? I mean, come on, really, if I were to ask us this morning, how many of you prayed enough this week? We probably wouldn't raise our hands. How many of you read enough of the Bible? We wouldn't raise our hands. How many of you told enough people about Jesus this week? We wouldn't raise our hands. Why? Because all of us would say, well, I could have told one more person, or I could have read another verse, or I could have prayed another five minutes. And, and so because of that, we, we kind of approach God like this. Lord, you know, it's just me down here. The, the, you know, the guy who, who's messed up all week long. And, and God, if, if you could just, by your grace... You know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and, and here I come. And yet the Word of God says in the book of Hebrews that you and I are to approach the throne of God, what? Boldly to make our petitions known. And so as, as we begin this journey over the next four weeks together, I want you to begin to change your mindset about what it means to be a Christian. I want you to begin to change the way that you approach the things of God and how that you can begin to say, you know what, I am not going to be this weak, anemic person who's kind of just going through life. I am going to believe God for great things. Now, would you take your Bibles today or again, whatever you've got the Word of God on, and let's look in 1 Chronicles, and I'm going to read the 10th verse, and I'm going to jump back up to the 9th verse, and I know that messes you up, but let me do it that way. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, and here's what we're going to be spending the next four weeks on. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now, I don't know about you. That's pretty exciting to me. How many of you would like to pray a prayer that God grants, right? Now, but let's back up to verse 9. Can we do that? I know I've gone out of order a little bit. But it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. The word Jabez literally means pain. Have you ever told anybody you're a real pain? Come on, come on, fess up. I have. I look at people and go, man, you are a pain. Now, here's what's bad about this guy's name is that that's his name. Everywhere he went, hey, you're a pain. Come here. Pain. Come. I mean, can you imagine his life being lived that way? Uh, it reminds me, and I'm, I'm way too old to tell this, but, but it reminds me of a song from years ago. How many of you remember who Johnny Cash was? 
Remember Johnny Cash? Johnny Cash had a song, and, and it's about, about a kid who grows up, and his dad, right before his dad leaves, he says his dad did the worst thing that he could ever do to him. And the name of the song was A Boy Named Sue, right? Come on, those of you as old as I am remember that song. You young ones don't have a clue. But anyway, a, a boy named Sue. And the whole process of that song is, is that he says, if I ever find my old man, I'm going to kill him. Because anybody that would name somebody Sue, would, you know, what's wrong with him? He says, finally, the day that he meets his dad, he's in a bar and he's getting ready to take him out. And he says, his dad says, I knew I wasn't going to be there. And so because of that, I gave you a name that was going to toughen you up where you could live life. Now, you know what? There's a lot of truth in that song. Now, here's what I want to tell you today. Your name may not be Sue. Now, if it's a woman, maybe it is, and you're all right. If you're a man, we'll talk later, all right? But, but here's the deal. This guy's name is Pain, and yet he is bold enough to go to God and to say, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. You know what I've found through the years is that I've found that, interestingly, that the things in our life that really promote us are not the good things, they're the painful things. You, you, you didn't like that, did you? It was like, I, I don't want to hear that. Hey, listen, in, in your life, the things that really define who you are are not the mountaintop experiences. It's the valley experiences. It's in those moments of trial. It's in those moments of suffering. It's in those moments where you are going through things. And I know that the American church doesn't want to hear that, but I'm going to tell you, it's in the moments of pain that you can find yourself moving into a place of the blessing of God in ways that are unbelievable. We see this happen all the time in society. How many of you know of a group called Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, MAD? How many of you have heard about MAD literally has changed the, the course of America. Uh, even the, the laws of America have been changed by Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Let me explain to you where it came about. There was a, a woman whose young teenage daughter was killed by a drunk driver, and she said no more of this. We have got to change the laws. We've got to change the attitudes of society that it's not okay to drive drunk. And she took, listen to me, she took her moment of pain and she transcended everything that everybody thought could happen. You may be in a painful place today or you may be coming out of a painful place or you may be going into a painful place. That's usually where life is. You're in it, you're coming out of it, or you're going into one, all right? You, again, I know this is positive at this moment, but you'll get it, all right? But, but what we have here is over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at this 10th verse. There are four basic parts in that we're going to be looking at. Today, we're going to be looking at that first part where Jabez prays. Now, here's what's interesting about this. When you read First Chronicles, what you find is they're just reciting names. And so-and-so was born by so-and-so, was born by so-and-so, was born by so-and-so. And, and even in this chapter, it's just one name after the other, after the other, after the other. And then all of a sudden, verse 9 and 10, it stops the whole flow. And says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and, and his mother bore him in pain, and so she called his name Jabez. And then it says, and Jabez said to God, God, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I would not cause pain. Why in the world did God interrupt the genealogies of the ages to give us two verses about a guy that we never again hear about, but in that two verses he tells us, and God granted him his request. I want to tell you, 
that a few weeks ago now, a few months ago actually, God began to speak to me out of this passage again. Years ago there was a book. In 2000 a book came out called uh, The Prayer of Jabez. Everybody bought the book that was Christians. The reason was, number one, is that it was a good book, but number two is it was one of those little books. Had about 60 pages in it. We could read it at one setting. And so everybody bought it and we gave it to everybody else and said, hey, you ought to read this. And, and so we sold, you know, a lot of those books were sold through the years. Uh, but, but what happened is we prayed it for a while, good things happened. And then we kind of got busy. And I can remember, you know, in 2000, 2001, 2002, we were launching this church. A lot of great things were happening. But I got busy. And so I kind of laid it aside. And, and a few weeks ago, God, God began to speak to me. And so I went back and I began to pray this prayer. And as I prayed this prayer, I began to see God do things. And I said, okay, wh what is that? So I went back and I reread the book, and, and then I began to study it. I, in fact, I did a Wednesday night here in Jackson, one Wednesday night on it, kind of trying to get people to pray the prayer again and get involved in it. And, and one day as I was reading, does God ever speak to y'all? I know you shouldn't hear voices. <laughs> that, that worries people when you start hearing voices. Here's my problem is, is not only do I talk to myself, I was in the car with Sherry this week, not only do I talk to myself, she said, what did you say? I said, I, I asked ask and answered the question, you don't need to say anything, <laughs> right? That's kind of the place I'm at in life, all right? It's kind of like I, I ask the question and then I answer myself. They say that's a sign. Anyway, that's not going there. But, but as I was reading this, God said, read it slow. And I thought, read it slow? Why read it slow? But as I begin to read it slow, it was like, you know, I, I run at about 110 miles an hour all the time. My mouth moves that fast and my brain moves even faster. And, and when I begin to slow down, I begin to see some truths in here that I hadn't seen before. So over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to begin to share those with you. And I hope that your life can be impacted and that you can become a Christian who is bold to receive everything that God has. Now, here's what Jabez said. Let's, let's dive into it for today. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed he said he, he didn't say lord i'd like a blessing here's what he said god i want to be blessed and i want to be blessed a lot now we say that why well, you shouldn't pray that prayer that's selfish no the word of god says that it is god's good pleasure to give gifts to his children oh that you would bless me indeed now the word blessed there i looked it up and began to do some study the, the word blessed there is is, is just god's favor how many of you would like God's favor on your life? I mean, I think that's, that's a no-brainer. We all, you know, all of us, well, yeah, I'd like God's favor. Now, now you, say, you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, let me, let me give you a couple of verses. Psalms 5.12 says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. So, so God says, I, I, I bring favor in your life. Now, let me, let me give you the definition of favor. I love this when I found it. Uh, this is in a dictionary I was just looking. Here's what favor means. Favor means to give special regard to, all right? To treat, here's what it says, to treat with goodwill. Next part sounds good. To show exceptional kindness. Let me give you the next one. Now, this one's going to mess your world up. Favor means unfair partiality. No, let me say it again. Unfair partiality. How many times have your kids said to you, it's not fair, right? That's what favor, favor is not fair. In fact, just look at your neighbor and just tell them, favor is not fair. Come on. 
Favor is not fair. You say, I don't believe that. God is the same to everybody. No, He's not. Scripture clearly indicates that. In fact, let me, let me just prove it to you from the Word real quickly. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you, talking to Israel, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That's not fair. There are nations all over the world. God, why Israel? God says, because I wanted to. Because I wanted, I, I wanted to show favor to them. Now, I don't know about you. This may mess. In, in fact, this whole series will probably mess up every religious bone we've got in our bodies. All right? But, but I don't know about, I want to be one of God's favorites. I want God to look at me and say, that's one of my favorites right there. I, I just don't believe we ought to be asking for that. Well, don't ask for it. I'm going to. <laughs> Your choice. But I'm going to be like Jabez. Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Bless me, Lord. I, I need that. Daniel 1.9 says this about Daniel. It says, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. It wasn't anything Daniel was doing. The Bible says God did that so that Daniel could have the favor. So I want to be blessed. I want the favor of God in my life. But let me share with you real quickly a few things about favor that you need to know. First of all, uh, and we, we know that Joseph, when you study Scripture, Joseph is one who is always referred to as having favor. And we, we know he has favor because, as, you know, when he's born, he, he's, his, daddy, his, his daddy really looked at him. You should never do this as a parent. But his daddy looked at him and said, you're my favorite. And not only did daddy tell him he was his favorite, daddy told everybody else in the family, that's my favorite. In fact, he was so favored that daddy gave him a special coat to show how much he was the favorite. Right? Do not do that with your kids. You will spend a lot of money either with lawyers or counselors. I don't know which. But, but you know, don't do that. But, but Joseph's dad did that. Now, here's what we find. The, the, the Word of God lets us know, though, that favor was on Joseph. But you know what favor does? Let me give you the first one because you need to hear this as I go into it. Number one is favor brings difficulty into your life. Let me help you. When you are favored by someone or by God, other people will begin to talk about you. I mean, I mean, Joseph's brother said, ah, here comes the dreamer. Here comes that. I mean, th there's this whole aspect there of, of, in fact, if you know the story, they throw him into a pit. They're going to kill him. One of them says, oh, let's not kill him. Let's make some money. They sold him into slavery. He winds up in a guy's house named Potiphar. But the Bible says the favor of God was on him in Potiphar's house. And as the favor of God is on him in Potiphar's house, he, he rises to the top. Potiphar's wife decided she wants to have an affair with him. He says, I'm not doing it. So she lies on him. He gets thrown in prison. But guess what? Favor's there. He rises to the top again and then finally he becomes the co-regent with the pharaoh of egypt leading the whole country why because there's favor on him but i promise you listen to me i wanted to set this in in concrete today as we move through this series favor will bring difficulty into your life the, the second thing that favor does uh, is found in the book of first samuel the second chapter in the 26th verse here's what it says and the boy samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. The, the second thing that favor does, we see it in the life of Samuel, we don't have time to develop these today, but in the life of Samuel we see that favor brings God's presence. Now I don't know about you, but I like it when God goes with me. Right? In fact, I kind of like it when God goes ahead of me to prepare. <laughs> Any of y'all live like I do, kind of on the edge, and just if God doesn't show up, it's going to be a mess right and and, and that's that's what favor does is favor 
lets you know that God's presence is with you. And in fact, if you study the life of Samuel, you'll, you'll find out that the Bible says that the favor of God was so on Samuel that God never let any of his words fall to the ground. Whatever Samuel spoke came to pass because of the favor of God upon him. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life, right? Third thing that favor does uh, is that favor, and you just write this one down, favor brings deliverance. Right? If, if we're in a place that we, we need to get out of, we're in a, maybe we've got a, an addiction or a lifestyle problem or whatever, that, that favor brings deliverance. And, and it's out of the life of a, of a, of a gal. She's a slave. Uh, her name's Esther. And, and Esther, uh, because the king's wife didn't please him, the whole process, I won't go into it, but, but Esther goes from being a slave girl to being the queen. And yet... The Word of God says that her whole entire people, the children of Israel, were getting ready to be destroyed because there was a guy named Mordecai who hated them. And, and the Bible says that, that Esther's uncle came to her and said, could it be that you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? Now, let me, let me stop right here. Everybody look up here. Everybody listen to me. Those of you watching, listen to me. I want to tell you today, you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this right now listen every every day you get up you laid lay aside whatever happened yesterday and you just get up and say i'm in my second half see i just believe i don't care if i'm 20 or if i'm 120 i believe if i still got breath in my life i'm in my second half first half i don't care what happened there it's always the second half where you win the game right Come on. And, and, and so th this whole aspect is, is that we need to understand just as Esther was able to bring deliverance, she said, uh, if I die, I die. I'm going to go before the king. If he doesn't extend the scepter, I could die. But she said, if he does, then, and we know the story he did, and, and she was, was able to bring deliverance to her people. But, but in your life, when you have the favor of God upon you, you and I need to understand that when it's there, it brings deliverance in our lives. The, the fourth thing, two more, the fourth thing that it brings is that it brings promotion. Favor brings promotion. Uh, we've seen it. I've used this before, but I'm going to use it again. Some of you haven't been here for a while, uh, so I'll use it for you. Come on, that was funny. You didn't laugh. I did. Uh, just kidding. Uh, here, here's, listen, through, through the years, we've seen this operate uh, in the entertainment industry and other things. How many of you know uh, Dr. Phil? I don't mean you know him, know him. Come on, don't, don't be so technical at this moment. Some of you go, well, I, I don't really, I got it. How many of you know who Dr. Phil is? Let's ask it that way. How many of you know who Dr. Oz is? How many of you know that the reason you know Dr. Phil and you know Dr. Oz is because of a gal named Oprah? Yeah. Oprah had favor on Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz, and now it's a household name. See, in your life, God can take you, watch this, in Joseph's life, he went from the prison to the palace in one day. You can go from the worst place to the greatest place in a moment with favor. God, God can do that in your life. The fifth and final thing that it does, and I'm going to show you how that you get favor in your life, is that favor brings prosperity. Now, I, I know that you shouldn't talk about that because you get branded as a prosperity preacher and you shouldn't talk about that stuff at church and all that, uh, but I've never been real good at obeying rules, all right? And, and so I, I will show you from Scripture what the Word of God says. 
The book of Exodus, the third chapter, the 21st verse, shows us, and it says, And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Now, here's the story. The children of Israel have served in bondage. They've been slaves for 430 years. They have nothing. They live in a land. They are dependent on their master. They don't have anything. But God said, I'm getting ready to to deliver you. And when I deliver you, here's what I want you to do the day before I deliver you. I want all of you ladies to go to the Egyptian women, and I want you to say to them, I want all your gold, I want all your silver, I want all of your jewelry, and I want some, some of your fine clothes. Now, how many of you know that is the stupidest thing you could ever do? No, come on. I mean, can you imagine doing that as a slave? And yet, the Word of God says they did that, and as they left. Listen, they had so many, let me say it this way. There were so many earrings in their ears that when they got ready to build a golden calf, they took the earrings out and just threw them down, and they built this calf out of it. Now, that's some serious gold. That's some serious blingage, people. And God says, I'll bring favor in your life and I'll bring prosperity to you. Now, here's the deal. How do we as Jabez, Lord, that you would bless me indeed? It's one thing to say that, but how do I now appropriate that into my life? And I'm glad that the Word of God gives us direction. It gives us instruction on how we get there. And you know me, I'm real practical. I don't want to just preach about favor. And then you walk out of here saying, well, I'd like to have favor, but I don't know how to get there. I'm, I'm going to take the next about eight minutes or nine minutes, and I'm going to show you how you get favor in your life. Number one is found in the book of Job, the 33rd chapter, verse 26. It says, then that person, whoever, whoever it is, then that person can pray to God and find favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. Number one, if I want favor, if I want God that you would bless me indeed, then I have to boldly pray to God. All right? That's what what Job says here, is that if we will pray to God and ask God, you say, but pastor, you don't know what's happened in my past. You you don't know what's happened with my family members. You don't know the sickness that we're going through right now. You don't know the difference. I understand. His name is pain for a reason. We don't know what the deal was, but it said his mama bore him in pain. Now, we don't know if it was a difficult pregnancy. We don't know if dad wasn't in the picture. We don't know. All we know is is that she was in so much pain at the moment of his birth, she said, you're a real pain. By the way, that's your name, pain. All right? But it didn't matter. Jabez says, you know what? I may be pain to somebody else, but I believe that God wants to do something in my life, and I am boldly going to ask God, God, that you would bless me indeed. And and that's what he does. He he, he prays. So number one is you got to pray. Number two is found in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, and I'll read it quickly. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and, what's that next word? Prosperity, right? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now watch this next verse, verse 4. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God 
See those next two words, and man. Secondly, if I want to have favor in my life, I've got to keep his commandments. I've got to live biblically. I've got to quit focusing on what I want. I've got to begin to focus on what he wants. Now, it's not an overnight thing. It is a process of life, but we've got to begin to do that. But did you notice there, and and I, I want to say something to you. It's wonderful to have the favor of God, but the favor of God is not all you need. People say, well, you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? I know the scripture. I got it. All right? But I also know that we don't just need the last two words there. Said not only are you going to have the favor of God in your life, but you're going to have the favor of man. If you want to be promoted, you need the favor of man. If you want to have great things happen, you need the favor of man. And I'm going to say this and get in trouble for saying it. Sometimes it's not what you know. <laughs> oh, you know this one. It's who you know. Now, let me, let, me, let me do this again. I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Favor is not fair. Well, I, I just don't believe. I just don't believe God. God's not a respecter of persons. Read that scripture carefully. When it says God is not a respecter of persons, it's talking about salvation. God will save anybody that wants to be saved. But, but read the scripture. God definitely favors people all the way through the Bible. That's not fair. God never said he was fair. That got some of your attention. God never says he's fair. He says he's just. There's a difference in fairness and justice. Again, your kids tell you all the time, it's not fair. I didn't get to get it. Justice. This is what we do. This is how we do. This is how we you say, well, I, I just can't believe that. Well, let me give you a scripture and, and we'll get off this because I can tell I'm making some of you real antsy. Here's what God said. Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. That sounds like favor. And if you study the life of Jacob, Jacob walked in favor even when he was in rebellion against God. God still favored him. I know that... that See, we've got to come to that place that as we're walking out the laws and the precepts of God, that we understand that God chooses to have favor upon his children. Now, here's what's fun. There's 7 billion plus people on planet Earth. God's big enough to have favor on all of them. So don't get nervous about asking. Some of, us, some of us have a piece of the pie mentality. Well, if I get a piece of the pie, that means there's less pie. No, there's plenty of pie. He can keep creating. All right? Thirdly, Proverbs 8.35 says, For those who find me, let me back up and say this. When you read the couple of verses before, it's talking about wisdom. It's not talking about God. So I'm going to change this up a minute. For those who find wisdom find life and receive favor from the Lord. The third thing that you need in your life to have the favor of God is you need to be a person who is seeking wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. With all you're getting, get wisdom. And when you get wisdom, also get understanding. Right? Listen, wisdom brings favor. If you have wisdom in your business, 
If, you have, if you're the person who can show up, let, let's say you have your own business. If you're the person who can show up and you can diagnose the problem when five other people couldn't, guess what? You just found favor. If you work for somebody or you're in a corporate office or, or you're a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, if you're the person who has the wisdom of God in that moment, I can promise you, people will go, you know what? I went to 28 different doctors and nobody could diagnose me, but I went to Dr. So-and-so. Come on, you hear it all the time. And they found out exactly what it was. Well, Dr. So-and-so is going to be covered up. Because favor just came because of wisdom. Now, let me share this with you as I close. Most of us, if not all of us today, have been in a place of favor at times in our lives. Now, here's the problem. A lot of times, we haven't recognized that we were in a place of favor. And here's what happens. When you don't know that you're in a place of favor, favor will leave you. And, and let me explain it this way. In fact, they're going to bring it up just so you can see it. What you fail to recognize, you stop celebrating. Don't miss it. All right? So I, I don't recognize favor on my life, so I stop celebrating it. Second part of this, three parts of this, what you stop celebrating, you stop rewarding. Don't know it's there, so I'm not celebrating anymore, and if I'm not celebrating it, then I'm not rewarding it. That's what happens in marriages all the time. Here I go with my marriage counseling that I love doing, hundreds at a time. When you were celebrating the marriage, when you were rewarding the marriage, the marriage was fine. But now, let me give the last part of this, anything unrewarded will exit your life. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. I'm just telling you, it does not matter what it is. Anything. There are professional ball players who will leave a team where they're not celebrated and they will go to a lesser team and make less money because this team recognizes them and rewards them and they will give up what we think is the greatest thing to go and be a place. It happens all the time and it happens with favor. Sometimes we've been walking in a place of favor and we didn't even recognize it and God says, you're not thankful. You're not praising me. You're not declaring my goodness. And so what I'll do is I'll just let it exit your life until you kind of wake up. And so we saw the goodness of God on Love and Truth Church. We saw the blessings of God. We saw the benefits of God. We saw great things happen that there was no way that it ought to have happened. We, we were told you can't go to Jackson and start a church. You can't do, but, but we prayed this prayer. And God began to bring it to pass. And God just slowly reminded me, hey, you had favor. Would you like it to stay? I said, yes, Jesus. He said, well, recognize it again. Talk about it again. Preach about it again. And you know what? If you will begin to understand, I can boldly approach the throne of grace, and I can believe God for great and guess what? You can receive the same thing that Jabez did. And that is God answered his prayer.